Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Hey everyone, welcome to Bright Church. Um, If Bright Church is your home church, then it is so good to see you guys. Um, If Bright Church isn't your home church and maybe you've never listened to one of our messages before, um, I just want to say welcome. My name is Matt Wynn. I am the Grow Pastor here at Bright. And my prayer for everyone today is that you will feel encouraged by this message. That by the end of it, you'll feel a little bit more hopeful, that you'll feel a little bit lighter, that you'll have less anxiety, And more than that, I pray that you hear from God. So if you don't believe in God, but you're listening to this, I just want to say, man, I am so happy that you made a decision to listen anyway. And I know that God loves you. And I know that God has a plan for you. I know that God has a purpose for you. So please just hang around, stick around. And um, I can guarantee you that you're going to hear something that in some way um, will encourage you. So we are continuing on in Philippians uh, this week. This is actually the last message um, in our series on Philippians. I know, I know you're probably pretty upset about that, um, but this is the last one. Um, and the title of the message is Keep Standing. Keep Standing. I don't know what you're going through at the moment. I don't know how um, the coronavirus pandemic has been for you personally, whether you're struggling, um, whether or not uh, you are struggling financially, or maybe just inside you feel uneasy. Um, but I know that God's word to you today is keep standing. And that is the message that Paul had to, to the Philippians um, when he wrote the book um, of Philippians. Now, this was a letter. Um, So just a little bit of context, Paul wrote this letter in prison. So this guy, Paul, this incredible man of God, he was in prison around rats. It probably stank. Um, He probably had a pot in the corner where he did his business. I mean, he was going through tough times, really tough times. And in the midst of his tough times, he writes this incredibly encouraging message to this church in Philippi. That tells me one thing that we can be going through tough times and be full of hope and be full of faith at the same time. Because sometimes we can think that there is a direct correlation between our situation and our circumstances and our state of happiness. But I'm here to tell you that if you have God, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can have peace, you can have hope, you can have joy no matter what you're going through. And Paul is writing this letter to the people in Philippi, um, the people of that church there that he planted, and they are under some pressure at the moment. Um, they are facing some, some opposition. And the reason for that is because a lot of the other people in the city of Philippi, um, they were very patriotic. Um, they loved the Roman Empire. And to them, the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire was king, the, Lord, the Roman Empire was Lord. Um, but for these new Christians, God is king and God is Lord. And because of that, there's going to be opposition. So the people in this church are struggling and they need help. And to be honest, they're probably pretty down with everything. So Paul is writing to them and he is saying, hey, even though you may feel down, even though you may be struggling, keep standing. And you may think at the moment you're not winning. You may think at the moment you are losing people in the church of Philippi. That is what Paul is saying. He's saying, but even though you may feel that way, think of God's perspective. Because even though you may feel like you're losing, from God's perspective, you may be winning. 
So I just want to read what he has to say um, to the people. And it comes out of chapter 3, if you're following along um, on your phone or, I don't know, on your Bible, whatever you've got, I encourage you to follow along with me. Um, So we're in Philippians, we're chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 2 and go through to verse 10. So this is what Paul has to say to the people um, in the church of Philippi. He says, look out for the dogs. Wow. What a way to start, people. Look out for the dogs. That is what Paul says. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision. That's not something you hear every day. We are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, Also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, Paul says. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whoever... But whatever, sorry, gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. What an amazing word from someone who's going through a really difficult time in prison. He's saying to them, hey, keep your faith, keep standing strong, keep going. He's saying you may feel as though you're not winning at the moment, but hey, from God's perspective, you may just be winning more than you realize. About five years ago, um, I got the amazing nickname of Party Marty. Okay, so I got this nickname five years ago. I'm going to be honest with you. At this stage in my life, I was a little bit far from God. Um, I was involved in a sporting club. And the way that I got this nickname was that we had an event. Um, You may have been to one of these before. It was a Bogan Bingo Night. Now, I know you're sitting on your seat right now at home and you're going to be pretty excited about the thought of a Bogan Bingo Night um, and me dressed up as a Bogan at this night. Um, But it was a good time. Uh, We, you know, there was a fair bit of celebrating, a fair bit of getting merry with each other, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, And yeah, it it was good times. And a part of it was a competition and there was a a dance-off. Now, I'm not a big dancer, but every now and then when I do dance, look out. So I danced my heart out and believe it or not, I won the dance competition. And from that point forward, I got the nickname Party Marty. Now, that in a moment lifted my status in that sporting club massively. And from everyone's perspective, man, I was living at life. But even though I was winning at life from the perspective of the people in that sporting club, to be honest, when I reflect on that season of my life, I have to wonder to myself, was I winning in the eyes of God? Was I really winning in the eyes of God? Because winning looks different depending on what you believe. So my question to you is, are you winning in the eyes of God? 
The people in Philippi are going through a really hard time at the moment. They may feel as though they're not winning, but in the, but in the eyes of God, maybe they are. And right now you may be going through a really difficult time, maybe not one of the happiest seasons that you've had before, but in the eyes of God, you may be pleasing him more than you imagine. He may be more proud of you than he has ever been of you. So I just want to encourage you and say, hey, think about it. Who do you want to please more? The people around you or the God who loves you? Now, Paul says, Philippians, you're winning at the moment. And that's fantastic. You're standing. But here's the thing. Sometimes stuff in life comes at us. And if our foundation isn't strong, it can cause us to shake. It can cause us to stumble. It can cause us to lose our footing. And before we know it, we can no longer be standing. So in this passage of scripture, Paul gives the Philippians some insight into how they can prevent themselves from being on a shaky foundation and then all of a sudden being in a situation where they can no longer stand. So one of the first things that Paul says is, look out. He says, look out, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. In other words, he's saying, watch out for the external voices who are going to speak things into your mind and that is going to affect your thinking and then that is going to impact your faith. We have to be so careful about the voices that we are entertaining, about the voices that we are listening to. I've realized this um, for myself recently. Uh, So over the past couple of months, or maybe it's just been a month, um, I have been indulging uh, in a few guilty pleasures, I guess you could say. Um, I, I don't know about you, but as a Christian, sometimes there are things that, you know, you know it's definitely sin and you shouldn't do it. But then there's other stuff and it's like, well... It doesn't really bring glory to God. And it probably isn't the most awesome thing in the world. But I don't think it's sin. It's kind of like a gray area. I think that's okay to hover around in that area. So recently I've been doing a bit of hovering. And the hovering that I've been doing is in a TV series that I've been watching. Now, you're you're probably about to get pretty disappointed with me when I tell you the TV series that I've been watching with my beautiful wife, Amy, um, who is on the couch right now listening. Hey, babe, how are you going? Um, And the series that I've been watching is Maths. I I know, I know, Maths, Married at First Sight. Now, look, I I do not believe um, in what that show stands for. Um, There are some teachings in that show, some doctrine that I do not align myself with. Um, But it is entertaining. So I have been sucked in and I have been watching a bit of maths with my wife for a bit of entertainment. Now, what started off as something that was just a little bit of fun, uh, before I knew it, I'm almost at the end of the series. And I just start to think to myself, man, what am I doing? (laughs) What, What am I allowing to enter into my mind and affect my thinking by watching this show. Because what I've realised is um, sometimes it's the voices you least expect. Sometimes it's just those little things that you think, oh, yeah, that's probably okay. That's probably not too bad. Sometimes it's those things that actually can 
have a big impact on our thinking. And then once our thinking gets impacted, all of a sudden we start to act a bit differently and even our faith can be impacted. And that's something we have to think about, especially in the season that we're in right now. Um, with where we're in the middle of a global pandemic. That's no small thing. That is a big deal. And I have found myself um, looking into a lot of the videos about the coronavirus. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm on YouTube looking up, oh, what is the coronavirus? Where did it come from? Um, what does this mean um, for our nation? And in two years' time, what's going to happen? Is this the end of the world? Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's easy to get ahead of yourself. And when... It's okay to be well-informed or it's okay um, to get well-informed enough to be able to make wise decisions. It's another thing to start binge-watching stuff that isn't going to be good for your mind overall. So just like maths was speaking some negative things maybe into my mind, I feel as though when it came to all the coronavirus stuff, I was watching way too much stuff. I was binge-watching it instead of just watching it to be well-informed. Because the truth is... As people, as human beings, we're actually made for good news, not for bad news. And if you're not balancing the bad news with good news, it can start to really impact you. And the people in Philippi, they need to look out for the dogs that Paul is talking about. Now, these people are voices in their life, just like maths was a bit of a voice in my life. And maybe you've got things that guilty pleasures that you have that are speaking things into your life. But there were people around at the time who were saying things that were impacting the thoughts and therefore the faith of the people in the church at Philippi. And these people were people that even though they believed in Jesus and what Jesus had done on the cross, they also believed in the law. So the old way of relating to God. So you had these people who thought that to be right with God, Not only did you have to believe in Jesus, but at the same time, you also had to fulfill the law of Moses. So you had to be doing both things. And if you were just believing in Jesus and accepting salvation as a gift, that actually wasn't enough. You also need to be doing A, B, C, D, F in order to be right with God. And Paul is saying, no, 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 don't listen to that. That is incorrect doctrine. That is incorrect teaching. And if you allow that stuff to get into your mind, it's going to impact your thinking and it's going to impact your faith. So that is one of the first warnings that Paul gives. And the reason he says that is because he wants the people in that church to have a solid foundation. So shortly after Paul writes that, he goes on to say, we put no Confidence in the flesh. The biggest challenge we face isn't necessarily from the external voices, but even more than that, it's the internal voice in our mind. So there are a lot of external voices that have the power to impact the foundation, what we are standing on, cause us to get a little bit wavier, a little bit off balance and to lose our footing. But more than that, there is the internal voice inside of us, in our flesh, that will try to get us off balance. And we need to be so aware of the voice of our flesh. The Bible would teach us that... As human beings, um, we're not just a body. We are more than that. We are a body. We are a soul. We are a spirit. Our body, which is also our flesh, is working against us. 
Our flesh isn't for us. Our flesh is actually working against us. Our flesh is twisted. And whether we like to believe it or not, our flesh is quite weak, which is why Paul says, put no confidence in the flesh. You see, our flesh is kind of like our own willpower in a way. And our willpower has limits. And a wise person knows their limitations. I'm a teacher um, part-time, three days a week. And um, over the course of about four years, I've gone on many different camps. And, and I love camps. They're awesome. They're, they're really fun. It's a great opportunity um, to spend some time with the kids. And that's fantastic. Get to know them a little bit better. And um, the sad thing is, though, over the last few camps that I've been on, um, when we have our kind of deep chats at night around a campfire or whatever it is, one of the topics or one of the issues that keeps coming up in the lives of these kids is stuff related to mental health. Um, A lot of these kids are struggling with anxiety. A lot of them have friends um, who are struggling um, with with negative thoughts about who they are, their self-image, their identity. And as a teacher, I think to myself, gosh, that's really tough. Man, these kids are going through things that when I was a teenager, I didn't even realize kids were going through it. And, but one of the things that I'm really proud about as a teacher, when I see kids come to me and express that they are going through this hardship or they're struggling in this area, or even when they come and say, hey, I have a friend who's struggling with this, I'm really impressed because they know their limitations. They know that their willpower is only so much and eventually you're going to need help. As adults, I'm not sure that we are always so good at doing that. And I think that sometimes we put too much confidence in our own willpower, in our own ability, and we are not well aware enough of our own limitations. Because of that, we push the boundaries. And when we push the boundaries too often, we fall. Someone who knew um, the limitations that they had, um, someone who had great insight into just how much strength they had in their flesh was Joseph. Now, I'm not sure if you know much about Joseph, but Joseph was one of the 12 sons um, of Jacob. And um, Jacob was renamed by God Israel. Um, And in Israel, you have 12 different tribes. And and Joseph was one of the sons and that birthed one of the tribes of Israel. Now, Joseph was hated by his brothers. Um, Why? Because he got a sweet coat. I don't know if you have siblings, um, but sometimes at Christmas, one sibling gets a bit of clothing that's a bit better than yours, and you can get really jealous. And in that moment, you wish that you could sell them into slavery. And that is exactly um, what the brothers of Joseph did when he got his multicolored coat from Jacob, his father. So Joseph got sold into slavery. um, So he ended up in Egypt. He was like at the bottom of the pile um, in Egypt. He was a slave. He was a nobody. But by the grace of God, God brought him from that place all the way up to the right hand man of the Pharaoh. It's an incredible story. If you don't know anything about it, check it out. Um, But as In that journey, um, there is a story in Exodus, at the end of Exodus, um, about Joseph, um, Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife. Now, Joseph um, was a servant of Potiphar, and Potiphar was quite a prestigious man um, in Egypt at the time. So he served Potiphar, but Potiphar's wife had the hots for Joseph, okay? So she was mad about Joseph, and um, she just kept going after Joseph. She wanted him so bad. But Joseph was a man of God and he just said, get away from me, woman. 
Um, but she kept coming after him. Now, the smart thing about Joseph is that when she kept making advancements at him, eventually he made the decision not to hang around, not to entertain, entertain it. He made a decision to flee. He fled. And that is great teaching about what we do when the pressure around us is greater than the strength within us. When the pressure around us from sin or temptation is greater than the strength within us, God wants us to flee. That is how we deal with it. And Paul knew better than ever that there is limitations to our flesh. And when we put too much confidence in our flesh, we are setting ourselves up to fail. We're setting ourselves up to lose. In fact, this is what the Apostle Paul has to say about the flesh and his own struggle with it. So in Romans, Paul says this, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Now, this verse is really important. He says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Your flesh will try to convince you of this one thing. And this is the loudest thing that your flesh nature is going to be screaming in your mind, um, maybe uh, for a fair bit of your Christian life. And this is what your flesh will try to convince you, that you need to earn your salvation. So your flesh nature is going to try to convince you that you need to earn your salvation. I'm here to tell you that Jesus says, no, 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 receive your salvation. The flesh says, earn your salvation. Jesus says, receive your foundation. Paul is saying that I have no confidence in my flesh. My flesh will try to convince me that I need to earn a right standing with God, but I understand that it's not through what I do that puts me in the good books from God's point of view, but it's by receiving the grace and the gift of salvation. So I just really want to encourage you right now. No one's perfect. And maybe you've got things wrong, but hey, remember, You're not saved by works. You're not saved by getting things right all the time. We are not saved by being perfect. No way. If that was the case, I wouldn't be saved. The truth is we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Put no confidence in your flesh. Make a decision today that you're going to put all your confidence in what Jesus accomplished on that cross. So don't listen to the voice that tries to tell you that you need to earn your salvation. After that, in verses 4 to 8, Paul lists his accomplishments. And then he says that he counts it as loss for the sake of knowing Jesus. There is an underlying message here that I really want you to get. You can't have an intimate relationship with God. You can't have an intimate relationship with God and hold on to your past at the same time. You can't. You can't intimately know Jesus and hold on to your past life at the same time. 
I learned um, pretty early on in my marriage um, that if me and Amy were going to work really well together, I couldn't take my old thinking from when I was living at home into my marriage. Okay, if you are a married person, you would know this. So when I was at home, um, my mum, beautiful woman, amazing lady, she did all the cooking. She did all the cooking. She killed it. She did an amazing job. My dad, he's also, he's awesome. He was the major breadwinner, but let's be honest, he wasn't that great in the kitchen. So praise God that my mum led the way in that area. Um, But I grew up just knowing that that's what was normal for me that the wife or, or, or the, or the mum did the cooking. And I'm treading a really fine line right now, so I'm going to be really careful with everything that I say. Um, but that's what I grew up with, and that is what I knew. So when I got married to Amy, one of the dumbest things for me to do would be to go into that relationship with an expectation that she was going to do all the cooking. That was my old way. That was my old life. This was a new season. Therefore, when you enter into a new season, you need to come with new thinking. Paul realized that he used to find his worth in all of his accomplishments, all of the things that he did. He had an old way of thinking. But when he came into a relationship with Jesus, he had an incredible encounter. He needed to leave that old way behind. He needed to leave that old thinking behind if he was going to fully experience the fullness of an intimate relationship with God. The problem is there are so many Christians who make a decision to follow Jesus but they take their old thinking into this new relationship. So maybe you're in the position right now where you're trying to marry your old way of life with this new life that God has given you, your old way of thinking um, with this new way of thinking that God has for you. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. New seasons, um, fresh starts require new thinking. And Paul understood that so, so, so well. I want to read to you what he says in verses 7 to 8 um, in chapter 3, but I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. So this is what Paul said. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I have now forsaken them. And I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. Now get this, to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. What a word. It's all like a pile of manure for me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. So why would Paul say that knowing Jesus and a relationship with him is so much greater than his past and what he has accomplished? Because Paul, man, he was famous for what he had accomplished in the past. He had a rep, an amazing rep. So how could this new relationship with Jesus be better than that? Now, I'm going to answer that question with another question. What in your life right now will still matter in 1,000 years? What in your life right now will still matter in a million years or maybe even a billion years? Because the thing is, The longer something lasts, 
the more value it has. Paul realised that his relationship with Jesus was something that was eternal. Because it's eternal, it has eternal significance. Because it is eternal, it has eternal weight. All of that stuff that he had done in the past, in a thousand years, it wasn't going to matter anymore. And right now, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And it's very easy for us to get fixated on the now, on the current season that we find ourselves in. And um, it's very easy um, to get our mind focused on material things as human beings. Hey, if you're like that, don't, don't worry. I do that all the time. I often get my mind onto things that really in the long term aren't going to matter that much. Paul is saying, hey, get your mind off all the material things. Get your mind off the stuff that's not eternal and get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Prioritize a relationship with him. It is. It surpasses anything else um, anything else at all. Why? Because it is eternal. And if you've never experienced that intimacy with Jesus, maybe it's because you're still holding on to things in your past. Let go of these things and embrace Jesus fully. So verses 2 to 10 in chapter 3 in Philippians is incredible insight on how to keep standing. Deceiving voices will come. That is a guarantee. And those voices may be external or maybe they will be internal. Your flesh will try to trick you that you need to earn your salvation. But as long as your foundation is strong, you'll stay standing. So my question to you is, what are you standing on? What we stand on is what we put our hope in. So I wonder right now as you're sitting down on the couch, What are you putting your hope in? There are so many different things that we can put our hope in, but there is only one thing that we should put our hope in if we want our foundation to stand up under any season, under any circumstance, under any situation. I want to read to you what it says in John chapter 14, verse 6. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is the person that we should put our hope in. When we put our hope in Jesus, without knowing it, we are putting our hope in our foundation that is going to stand up under anything. Under anything. Nothing else can stand up like the foundation of Jesus. A few years ago, um, we went away on a young adult camp. And um, for our, it was our first our church camp. We have them uh, every year. Unfortunately, not this year. Um, but we'll see what happens later in the year, hopefully. Or maybe we'll be able to get it happening. Um, but it, these camps are always amazing because it offers an opportunity to really draw close to God. And on the Saturday night, um, after an awesome session... I kind of felt like I just needed to go for a walk. I just needed to get alone with God and kind of hear from Him. So I decided to walk down to the beach and I got down to the beach and I was, as I was sitting there kind of contemplating um, what God was doing in my life and what I felt like He was saying to me, I noticed that there was a intoxicated um, man just a little bit down to my left um, because just up uh, on the strip, Um, The pub was open and things were going off. 
Um, and so this guy was there and he was having his own moment. I was having my deep moment. He was having his other moment. And um, I noticed that I think this guy needs a bit of help um, because he was on the ground and he couldn't get up. Hopefully you've never been in that situation before. Um, so I went down and I gave him a bit of a hand. I helped him up. Um, and then after that, he got up and he walked up and he went back to the pub. Anyway, fast forward um, about five minutes or 10 minutes. All of a sudden he had returned and with him, he had a couple of mates. Now I was thinking, oh, this is a bit weird. Um, what's going on here? And they came down and all of a sudden they started to kind of have a go at me. And they were saying, oh, what did you do to your friend? What did you do to our friend? Um, and, and they were having a bit of a go at me. They were saying some things that were pretty negative. And I remember thinking to myself, gosh, God, I just did a good thing, I thought, for you. I, I helped that person who was in need. I mean, geez, I've given my whole weekend um, to come down and spend intimate time with you. And then you lead me out here to the beach to have, have a bit of a moment of solitude with you. And then this happens. I help this guy and now I'm getting abused by him and his mates. What is going on? And then I felt like God kind of said to me, Matt, you know, sometimes when you're on the right track, sometimes when you're right with God and when you're winning, in my eyes, things can get tough and there's going to be opposition. And actually, you should take that as a sign that you're doing the right thing. Now, in this passage, Paul says, after he says, hey, being with Jesus is amazing. He is the best. He then goes on to say, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. When we are actually living close to God, when we are actually winning in his sight, sometimes we're going to experience sufferings like Paul did. And right now, I just want to encourage you. Standing in the eyes of God, sometimes naturally, it feels like we're on the ground. It feels like we're out. But you've got to understand that God's perspective is different. So right now, I just want to pray for people. I want to pray for people who feel as though they're not winning. I want to pray for people who feel as though they can't stand any longer. I want to pray for people who feel as though they've started to put their hope in the wrong things. Um, for people who have started leaning into areas that maybe they feel as though they shouldn't have or they've kind of lost sight of what God has for them. Now, as a Christian, there can be days, there can be weeks, heck, there can even be months or years where we can get distracted and start to put our hope in the wrong thing. That's okay, that's cool. But God today wants you to come back to putting your hope in Him. He wants you to stand on that foundation that will not tremble, that will not break on you, a foundation that you can stand firm on. So right now, if that's you, I just want you to recognise this moment in your heart, in your home, wherever you are, and I'm going to pray. Dear God, I thank You that You are so faithful. 
God, I thank you that even in the toughest times, from your perspective, we can be winning. From your perspective, we may be standing. So God, I pray right now for anyone at home who feels overwhelmed by the current season that they find themselves in. God, I just pray that you would encourage them in their spirit. If they are right with you, if they are upright, if they are winning from your point of view, God, I pray that you just reassure them in their heart right now. I pray that they would know that so that they can be encouraged, so that they can have peace in the middle of the storm that they may find themselves in. God, I thank you that you are so good. I pray that you bring us out of this season that we're in at the moment into a greater one, into a better one. God, I pray for any person um, who has been listening today and feels as though you are speaking to them and and you're saying things to them and and they're not quite sure whether they have the strength or the confidence um, to obey and go with what you're saying. God, I pray that you would just empower them right now. I pray that you would just reassure them right now. God, I pray that you would just fill them with your presence, that you would just fill them with your peace, that you would just fill them with your joy. God, I pray for any person who is struggling financially. God, I pray for any people who are sick and who are listening. God, the Word says that You are our provider, that You are our healer. And God, I really believe that even in the hardest times, we can have peace because we can carry the Holy Spirit. So Father, right now, I pray for those people. I pray that the peace that transcends all understanding that you've given to us, Jesus, as a gift, that it would be readily available to them so that even in the midst of their struggle, they would be able to be happy, that they would be able to be positive, that they would be able to continue to have faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.